I mean, I think like the hardest thing is, is like getting advice from people that can sleep, which like, <laughs> like, and even as a, a kid, I realized that was like, like I told my parents, like, I'm like, I can't sleep at night. And, and they kind of, I'm the oldest of six kids. So, so they were like, kind of like, well, you know, why don't you try this or this? And I'm like, they're like, try warm milk. I'm like, no, 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 you don't understand. Like, I cannot sleep. I want to be my current self from this point forward. I want to learn how to play piano. Working with human beings. Drinking wine in the middle of the day. I want to be a fire truck driver. I'm going to be the next greatest painter. Just kind of work with kids, getting them ahead in life. I want to be a welder. I want to be a beach bum. I want to be a baseball player. Brewmaster. A winemaker. Professional snuggler. Let me mention those sweet, hot lavender baths and writing in the evening. What's up, everybody? I'm Blake Fletcher, and this is the Half Hour Intern Podcast, where we explore the interesting paths that people take in life. And in today's episode, we will explore the interesting paths uh, of being an insomniac and having lots of sleep difficulty and also launching a hit podcast. So my guest today is Drew Ackerman, who is the writer and host of the Sleep With Me podcast, where Drew basically tells adults bedtime stories to help them fall asleep. And there are now uh, about a quarter of a million people that listen to Drew's podcast on any given month, which makes it one of the most successful independent podcasts out there. Um, And it's just incredible because he had this idea a few years ago to help people like himself out that have a great, great difficulty sleeping. Um, And he, he noticed that it could just be comforting to have someone tell you kind of a bedtime story. So he tells these kind of rambling, interesting, semi-interesting bedtime stories that basically just lull people to sleep and and people just absolutely swear by it. He has really, really helped out a lot of people with this podcast. So we'll cover the topic of insomnia a bit and um, how Drew struggled with that early in life and the inspiration to start the Sleep With Me podcast. And then we'll also just explore the success of Sleep With Me and how everything is going for him now. Um, Something really cool that Drew did that he uh, will mention in the episode is Drew did kind of a crossover episode on his podcast to go along with this interview um, where he told this this story about the Half Hour Intern podcast and about me and, and past guests and stuff like that. So if you have ever had any trouble sleeping, I highly recommend checking out his podcast. Uh, like I said, people that have trouble sleeping just absolutely swear by it. And even if you haven't had trouble sleeping, you should totally go and support and subscribe to his podcast. And at the very least, check out the episode um, that Drew wrote and and told a story uh, that centers around the Half Hour Inter podcast and the guests that we have had over here. So without further ado, here is podcast creator. True. Thanks so much for coming on the show today. Thanks for having me, Blake. It's uh, good to talk to you uh, over, uh, not in person. This is weird doing it on Skype. But, I know, uh, dude. It's, so uh, just to break the fourth wall a little bit for everyone, um, Drew lives in the Bay Area just like how I do. Um, he's obviously the host of the Sleep With Me podcast. And I I was featured on Pocket Cast around like November or December of 2015, and I think it was just before, just after I was featured on Pocket Cast, Drew's show was featured on Pocket Cast. So I saw the art, I saw the name Sleep With Me, and I was like, what is this podcast? So I clicked on it and listened to it, and I was like, this is the weirdest thing ever. So then I, I researched you, and I was like, oh my god, this guy lives in like Oakland or something. It, like I, I could tell that you lived in the Bay Area, and uh, and I live in the Bay Area, so I was like, I gotta get a hold of this guy. So that was on my to-do list for like 
three weeks just like floating there on my to-do list and I never got around to it. And then all of a sudden one morning I went to my computer and I had an email from Drew saying, hey, Blake, what's up, man? My name's Drew. I have a podcast as well. Um, I live in the Bay Area as well. I'd love to just like get coffee with you sometime and talk podcasts and stuff, which uh, if you are a a lonely uh, self-made <laughs> podcaster, it's like a really nice uh, thing to get because it can be a lonely world out there. Yeah, yeah, it's funny because it was the same thing for me. I saw your art and I was like, oh, man, what is this art? Like, uh, and then I read about your podcast and I was like, oh, that's such a unique, great idea. So so I'm so glad to be on the show. Yeah, man. Um, so why don't we first talk about your insomnia and just like living with insomnia and having insomnia in general? Um, so first of all, how long did you have insomnia for? And, uh, yeah, just tell us about like the genesis of that. Yeah. I mean, the show is really like, like, actually, I don't know if I was ever diagnosed with insomnia because like the genesis of both the podcasts and my sleep problems was like in grammar school. Like, uh, when I was in like uh, fifth and sixth grade, especially I had like a lot of trouble at school. Um, and I just couldn't get along with the teachers and I couldn't get the work done. And, as a result of that, I couldn't sleep. Like I would be so worried about going to school and so freaked out. Uh, like I would just lie in my bed worrying like every night before school, especially Sunday nights. Dude, that's so terrible. Like what kind of teachers were these? How can, how could you not get along with the teachers? Like, I feel like they must've been doing something bad if, if you weren't able to get along with them. I think it was like one of those things like I I mean, I guess I found out as an adult, like I have dyslexia. So I think it was like this like a perfect storm of like I had this learning uh, issue and the teachers weren't aware of it. And I also had a very like uh, tough personality. And so like I guess like like the teachers were like felt like they didn't believe at the time. And they're like, Oh no, you, you just don't want to do the work. And I was like, fine. If you don't want, think I want to do the work, then like, so it was just like, one of those like issues where I put my foot down and they put their foot down. That's interesting. It, and especially it, in life, like, you know, child, adult, whoever, so much of the time when we're confronted with something that we're not very good at, that becomes a very like bristly area for us. You know, like it, it, it's, we, you get so sensitive around something that you're not good at. Right. And I think it's an issue that kind of connects to the podcast. Cause it was like, I was a kid at the time. And so I didn't really have the tools to tell the teachers like to stay calm and be like, listen, I, I just can't do this work. Like, I know you think that I don't want to do the work, but like, so I, I just did it by either shutting down or acting out and it just kind of like, it, it, like, I don't think it was totally a teacher's fault. I mean, I guess they could have like, cause they were trying to manage a whole cra- classroom or whatever, but it did make me like really anxious about school. L- like, even though I was like being a hardhead at school when I wasn't at school, I was like, Oh, I don't want to go back there. And I can just remember lying in my bed in agony, like just worrying about school and then there was this one time this kid in my class, he said, we were just talking at lunch or whatever. And he was like, oh, he had an older brother. Like when he was the kid with the cool older brother. And he was like, <laughs> my, my older brother listens to this like comedy radio show every Sunday night. And it's, it was called the Dr. Demento show. And it was like the show where like Weird Al would come on and people would tell jokes and they would play parody songs. And I started listening to it in my bed and it was at like nine o'clock. So I was in like fifth grade. So this was, it was like from nine to 11. 
And it never put me to sleep, but it just like took away my thoughts about school and it just whisked me away and it made me laugh. And I guess like I never forgot those both those experiences, this experience of just lying there anxious and feeling like all alone. And I never forgot like the the ability of radio to kind of sweep me away and make me laugh and just give me this like kind of safe place where I could escape. Wow, man, that's really sad. And that's really beautiful. I would imagine that that has to be the root of insomnia, right? So I, I, I imagine that, like, you know, I know you say that you were never like diagnosed with insomnia, but obviously having uh, a bunch of difficulty falling asleep, um, that you would have done some like looking into this and everything. I imagine that anxiety has got to be like the only common linchpin in insomnia for people because i think a lot of us have trouble sleeping sometimes but to be a true insomniac that has to just be anxiety manifesting itself that way yeah i mean i think for me like when when i go through stretches of sleeplessness like that like it's like my mind becomes my worst enemy like it's like like as a kid or as an adult it's like you know, racing thoughts or being like, geez, what am I going to do tomorrow? How am I going to handle this issue? Or why didn't I handle this better yesterday? And, and like just thinking, 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 like, and trying to come up with solutions where really the best solution is like, Hey, let's just relax and go to sleep. But when you're caught for me, at least when I'm caught in those thoughts, like they just sound so enticing and and they sound so real and, and really it's like, well, maybe I should just keep thinking about this. And then you're like, no, no, I got to get to sleep. And then that party brain's like, well, how are you going to get to sleep? And you're like, you're right. right. Of course. How, how, do I, <laughs> how do I get to sleep? Well, the only way you can get to sleep is if you stop thinking. And it's like, well, how do I stop thinking? How do I shut my brain off? And then you're like, am I ever going to sleep again? Like, and it just becomes this like nonstop cycle. Yeah, totally. That's so interesting. And it, that even happens during the day, I feel like with productivity, but, but so much more so at nighttime that then one of, one of your perceived solutions is like, okay, well maybe if I check some of these things off my mental to-do list, then I'll, then I'll be able to sleep or like, then I'll be able to relax. But then you just keep on adding more things to your mental to-do list. And it's just this never ending cycle of, of badness. So what are some of the things that you, obviously that radio show was great for you, um, and ended up kind of leading to this what are some of the other things that you've tried in your life that did not work very well for you i mean i think like the hardest thing is is, like getting advice from people that can sleep which like (laughs) like and even as a a kid i realized that was like like i told my parents like i'm like i can't sleep at night and and they kind of i'm the oldest of six kids so so they were like kind of like well you know why don't you try this or this and i'm like they're like try warm milk i'm like no 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 you don't understand like I cannot sleep. And then I remember my, my dad gave me this piece of advice one time. He was like, oh, I was asking at work. And he's like, this one woman I work with, she has trouble sleeping. And she imagines herself descending a staircase, a spiral staircase to get to sleep. And he's like, why don't you try that? And I, I tried it and it worked once. And then I was like, I was like, all right, dad, that worked once. It never worked again. Like, so it feels like there's like this relatability issue for people that can sleep. And I don't think it's anyone's fault, but it's like they haven't like been through that experience. So they're kind of like, Oh, what do you mean? You can't, I don't get it. You can't sleep. Have you tried closing your eyes? It's like, yeah, yeah. I've tried. Cl- like, <laughs> How about a warm bath? It's like, no, no. 
So, I mean, I mean, like, yeah, the they probably don't understand the um, severity, I guess, because I, I think the difficulty and to your point of um, they just don't get it or whatever. The difficulty is that everyone does get it to a certain extent, right? Because like everybody has had a time where they didn't fall asleep very well. So if somebody, let's say, let's say the night before, maybe they, they, it, they were up for like 30 minutes. And then they fell asleep and they're going to be like, oh, pff, I feel you, bro. Like last night I was up for 30 minutes. Like I know, but here's what I eventually did, you know, and it's it's probably no different than if somebody um, gained five pounds and they were overweight by five pounds for a little bit and then they lost it. And now they like want to give diet advice to people who are like hundreds of pounds overweight. And those people who are hundreds of pounds overweight are just going to be like dude, like, what are you talking about? Like, we're not, you know, we are not the same, you and me. Like, you losing five pounds is not the same as me with 100. I, I feel like that's probably, like, a huge problem for people with insomnia. Yeah, or, or like, it, almost, like, kind of building on that, it's, like, like the idea of, like, a solution versus connection. Like, it's, like, I think when when I was a kid, maybe I wasn't looking for a solution. I was just looking for someone to be, like, wow, that sounds awful. Like, it's a really good point. Uh, like maybe I could just hang out with you like because it's like I, I mean because I've thought about it, I'm like if I could travel back into time which I think is what I actually am trying to do with this podcast in some kind of like um, narcissistic way maybe like I, I don't think I could help myself fall asleep like I'd have to be honest and I'd be like listen kid like that sucks and school's going to be hard and maybe you know I could go to your school and try to deal with it but you're still going to have to go to school tomorrow like so I can see the look on your face. I can see how much pain you're in. Maybe I'll just sit here and hang out and, and tell you a story. And that's kind of what I, now I get to do three times a week with the show. Wow, man. Damn. That's so nice. So yeah, let's, uh, let's move on to the show a little bit, dude. So talk about the ultimate... Well, first... All right. So you have the inspiration for the podcast and like this, this like genesis of an idea, I guess. First of all, when exactly did that genesis of an idea really form in your head versus just like noticing that back then in like fifth grade that that helped you out? When did the real idea for the podcast come up? And then when did you actually make the decision to make it versus um, just having an idea about it? Yeah, that's a a good question because it was kind of like bubbles in a fish tank a little bit. Like, Like as soon as I discovered podcasts, I was like, oh man, this is so cool. Like I love listening to these, like like all this different audio that you wouldn't hear anywhere else, and all these different stories, or like people talking about things like all the details about pens, you know, like 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 hearing people that are have these like really intense interests. It, it's like so it's so fascinating. So I was like, huh, man, I like I like these podcasts, and I was like, what would I do? And then I, and then I guess I would kind of like get distracted and move on, and then. I was like, oh, well, maybe I could do something with these, like, because I've always liked telling, like, goofy stories, like, uh, like I do on the show. And I was like, oh, maybe I could do something with that. And I was like, oh, maybe it could be, like, bedtime stories for grownups, because it doesn't feel like, but then I'd be like, well, that's kind of weird. And then I'd, like, like let the idea sink into the background. And, uh, and then I would, like, a couple times I got close to making the show, I was just thinking about it, like, the other day, and I would be like, oh, okay, let, like, the idea started to get a little more formed, but then my critical part would be like, man, like, so you're gonna, you're gonna tell bedtime stories, it, you're gonna release these to the public, really, you're gonna do that. <laughs> you're like, who is gonna want to listen to this? Right, and it's like, and how, like, uh, 
well, that's going to be embarrassing. And I'd be like, oh, you know what? You're right. I better not do it. And then, uh, I don't know. I just kept like, I guess the smarter part of me was like, listen, man, like, like you're going to miss out on Like, I don't think this is idea you should miss out on or, or like keep, keep pushing, push, pushing away. Like, uh, it, not so much that the idea was important, but that trying was important. And then I, uh, I still kind of was like, nah, let me think about it some more. And then I had been working on some other project, a creative project and it imploded. Like it totally like ended in disaster. And I'd like set aside like time after work to work on that. It was like a writing project. And this part of me, I'll never forget. Like it was during a BART strike and I was on a bus and this part of my brain was like, you know what you should do is start that podcast and you should start it like today, like, like, a su- like the next writing time you had scheduled for this old project, you should just make the podcast then because otherwise that, that window of time is going to close up forever. And I was like, holy crap. I said, for, I was like, who said that? Like what part of my brain was that? <laughs> and then, I, but then I was like, okay. And I had no audio production experience, like anything like even performance like uh so but that part of me that was wise was just like just start making it and see what happens and uh like somehow i was able to listen and like just start recording episodes and putting them out and uh and uh like the slow the show's changed a, a lot but always like a little bit at a time like where it's gotten like uh more refined and, and uh more unfocused than focused, but, but, but it, it, in the, in the context of the show. Yeah, for sure, man, dude, it's just so, it, it's so awesome and nice when, when you have those moments of like inspiration and clarity like that it, it, and like, we're all given like a handful of them in life and it's so, it's just so cool. And it's, um, when you're given a moment like that, like, it's so great that you ended up making the podcast because when you're given a moment like that, like you, you have to do it and you have to like go for it because moments like that don't, don't come around very often, you know? So like whatever that voice is, whatever that thing is you need to do. I, I think it's Adam Carolla that talks about this, which is such a, an interesting, and I think probably true and good thought is that, because Adam Carolla came from like incredible, incredibly like humble beginnings, like a very like poor and dysfunctional family. And he was saying like, he's like, you know, I think that I think that most people in life get the same number of shots at things throughout their throughout their life, like maybe with a, this like standard deviation, you know, but uh you know, he, he has a lot of friends that like still are not doing well from like back when he was not doing well. And now he obviously has lots of friends that are doing really well. He's like, I honestly now knowing a lot of people who are doing well and what happened to me and whatever else, I think like most people get the same number of chances to do something in your life. Uh, but it's like whether or not you, you take the chance and whether or not you, you even notice the chance to begin with. Cause he's like, I think that that's what happens for so many people is that you, you shut down your, um, your your own confidence is so shot and your your eyes are just i guess not open enough to um to really like grab hold of an opportunity as it's going by you and when you look at 
successful people or when you look at somebody that's doing something really awesome or like for people that could be looking at you like oh man you have this like hugely successful podcast it's been written up and all these things like man you're just so lucky and and uh like you're this blessed person and it's like well yeah you you are lucky and you are this blessed person but like the reason that any of that was able to happen was because you grabbed on to the opportunity as it was like walking in front of you um, and I think so much of the time in life, we do not do that. We allow the opportunity to just kind of walk right on by us because we're fucking scared because it's, it's really, really scary to grab onto something. Yeah. I, I've, I've been thinking about that a lot. Like I, I, I've like developed such gratitude for the fact that I heard that opportunity, like, cause I'm in the cost isn't so much like the path of making the podcast has been a, like like a, like changed my life and changed my outlook on life but i look at it like jeez if that that was like a little kid voice like the little kid that couldn't sleep with me and it was like hey are you going to try to make this podcast or not and no matter what happened with the podcast i think the cost would have been so great like cuz i'd turn my back on that kind of voice hey are you going to try to do this this kind of sounds fun like or, or let's tr- i want to do this creative thing and I think, I mean, it, obviously, like, there's, like, a social conditioning that goes into it, I think, because everybody does it. It's, it's like, a, a natural thing. But I think we forget, like, the human cost of saying, you know what, kid, be quiet. Like, if it was a real kid, you wouldn't do that. You know, you'd be like, you know what, show your car- cartoons to somebody else, you know. But when you do it to yourself, it's somehow seen as, like, tough or, oh, realistic or, or you got you to be a realist. And yeah, it's like, so true, man. And it was just this one time that that slipped past my, like, like whatever, if it was like slipped it past my guard. And I was like, holy crap, you're right. L- let's do it. Like, and I, it's kind of chilling because I think if I didn't listen, I know for a fact that time I would have used it for something else. Like, and it wouldn't have been, uh, it, it would have taken, I, I think like, at, like you said, Adam said, like, you'll, there might be another chance that comes up. So if anybody's listening, like, but you just got to be aware uh, or keep your eye out for those moments and be like, hey, what, why? I mean, I started a podcast where I talk in a rambling voice to put grownups to sleep. Like if that's not a weird. And, and I said, well, yeah, that is a pretty weird idea. But let, let's just try it and see how it goes. Yeah. So if you have a weird anybody that's listening has a strange idea. I mean, Pokemon Go is like the biggest thing on the planet right now. <laughs> so it's like there's nothing to it, everything is worth trying. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely, man. Um, one of the things that you had to deal with that I guess I didn't have to deal with is you mentioned how like part of you thought like, oh, this idea is kind of silly. Like who would want to listen to this? Whatever. First of all, I didn't really have to contend with that. I was just like, who wouldn't want to listen to this? Like this, <laughs> this is going to be great, you know? <laughs> but uh, aside from that, it, to that point is when I first launched my podcast i was able to send it out to all of my friends and family being like hey you'll definitely want to listen to this like this is your buddy blake and uh like he's uh, like interviewed some cool people about what they do for a living and stuff for you obviously your target market is people that have trouble sleeping and like i'm sure a ton of the people that you know don't have any trouble sleeping at all so what did you do when you launched like who do, who did you tell about this after you launched Actually, that's funny. Like I told, like I told no one. Like, uh, be, like I, I, I thought, like my biggest hurdle to the show was like my own self-critic. So, and the reason I kept putting it off was like 
I guess like these unrealistic expectations that other people would be critical and maybe just like uh, inhibitions, like like performing, even if you're interviewing someone, you know, you're trying to be like, you know, the best version of yourself. Like, so I was like, I knew that would be poison to the podcast of putting people to sleep. Like, so I was like, okay, I'm just going to put this show out there. I'm not going to tell anybody. I don't even know if it'll work. So I put the show out for a, for uh, a bunch of months and I, and I'm pretty close with my siblings and, and I didn't even tell any of my siblings. And then I was like, then after the show, maybe I'd done like 30 episodes or something. I was like, Oh man, like, I guess I got to like tell some people. Yeah. So and, how are you getting any listeners for, I mean, were, like what were your downloads for the first 30 episodes? Like four people or something like yeah, who heard yeah. about it? I mean, I remember when my episode broke 10, like 10 downloads, I was like, Holy cow, I'm in double digits. Like, uh, like, like literally, uh, and I think like this was like late 2013. So maybe there was like a little bit different, I mean, podcasting, had st- still been around a while, but like, uh, there wasn't as many theories of like how, how to like promote shows or stuff. So, and I didn't know if I wanted to perform like promote it cause I didn't really know what I was doing. Like, yeah. and I was like, I mean, I guess I did have some base level confidence that I was like, if this works, like if I can make this work. And I, I think it'll find a it'll find some people that will listen to it, but I knew it would take time, um, and so I was like, let me just and, and I guess it was curiosity. Like part of me that makes the podcast is driven by curiosity, and part of me was like, what will happen? Like I have no followers. Will people find the show organically and slowly? And and that's kind of what happened. Um, and then I ended up telling my like my family actually this was like powerful. I guess the show had been going for a while. Cause I got like an email from someone and she was in the hospital, a listener. And she was just saying, Oh, I, I just been listening to your podcast. Cause you know, I'm in the hospital and I'm getting a treatment and they have to come in and change my IV every two hours. And it wakes me back up and I put on your podcast and, and it kind of just like floored me that my podcast could help someone going through that. And then right at the same time, my mom went into the hospital and I was like, geez, mom, I'm making this podcast. Like maybe you could use it while you're in the hospital. And it just felt like it, like, uh, it was the right time. And then it kind of like was a, a gift, like in some sense, and she was able to use it. And I mean, it was a different experience for her, but like to take her mind off of being in the hospital and, and distract her, uh, Cause it's like a, a really tough place to sleep, you know? Yeah, absolutely, man. That's really nice. That's really cool. And I know that that kind of stuff happens to you like a lot of the time now because you have a very big audience now. So there's a much bigger pool of people and I, your show is just so unique. Like, like I, I have a lot of people that write in to my show and I, and I'm sure like a lot of podcasters have a lot of people that write in to just say like, Oh, Hey, what's up? I like your show, whatever it is. But you have a much more unique situation like that, whereas I might have a, a high school kid write in saying like, oh, hey, you helped me like clear some uh, clear up some ideas or whatever. You have people that write you and say things like that, like, hey, I was in the hospital having a horrible time in my life and you like helped me through that in the or somebody saying like, hey, I hadn't been able to sleep for like two weeks straight and I was like pulling my hair out and now I'm, I'm able to sleep because of you like those are those are like hardcore emails to get. That's like real life stuff that you're helping people deal with. Um, what, 
I like, I guess just what has all that been like for you? Well, that's, that's interesting. Cause I just like came back from having two weeks away from making the show and like, kind of like echoing what you're talking about. Like I've been in like this place where I'm trying to figure out how to make the show sustainable. Like, like, cause I work on the show for free and like, geez, could I do this as a job or, or what? And, and kind of got distracted by all that internal pressure around what's under my control and what's not under my control and how am I going to make this work? And so I went on a, like a, to a family reunion for a couple of weeks and I thought I was going to record a bunch of episodes, but I, you know, I didn't, didn't really get much recorded. And while I was on vacation, I got a couple emails like that, like somebody that had someone pass away out of the blue and someone that was dealing with a, a serious illness. And I think being away from the show like just like the example when I started the podcast, like my guard was down and, and I really had this huge I, I was like, man, like this is really important. Like I can't give up making the podcast. Like part of me is like, man, what am I going to do or how am I going to force this to work or how or should I give up or should I cut back? And I was like, no, like like, like I have to keep going. And then when I got back, I also realized I was like, man, I really miss making the show. Like, like I really enjoy it. Like, and even the hard parts of it, like, I'm like, I don't know, like as a spoiler for your listeners, I just made an episode last night, a kind of crossover about your show a little bit, or you and, uh, and some of the people that have been on your show. And it was so much fun. And in some parts when I was recording it, I was like, oh man, how am I going to make this work? Or part of me is like, oh, what are they going to, like, what's Blake going to think or whatever? But there was another part of me, like a kid, that was like, this is so much fun. And I, I mean, I think for me, one of my my uh, faults is like wanting clarity or wanting certainty. And I, I guess like, or denying it, like, and it's like, geez, if it's helping this these people that are struggling and this younger part of me is enjoying making it and having fun, this like grammar school kid. Like, who am I to stop? Who am I to give up? Like, who who do I think I am? Like, and who am I to quit? Like, like, uh, or demand that it's like, things are clear and certain. It's like, I, I guess like part of, and it seems like maybe like with the Adam Carolla example, it's like, from what I've seen living in this uncertainty and kind of maybe trying to see it as an adventure or, or just, this is the experience of making stuff. And it's like, uh, I don't know. I'm like, geez, if I can make it like these, these are the lessons that are going to carry me through. It's not like it's all these little uh, subtle things of like, you just got to keep going. You just got to keep putting episodes out and keep trying and, and trying to keep getting better. And for me, that's crazy. Like I have to keep getting better at telling boring bedtime stories. <laughs> totally, man. But I'm obsessed with it. Like, I'm like, okay, like how can I be more present for the listener? How can I stay calm or, or um, put myself in the listener's shoes or whatever like that. Yeah, that's so cool, man. It's um, it's interesting. I- I've definitely had the same experience with this podcast, which is like the first job, if you want to call it that, that I've ever had where like the there there's like stress related to any job and there's like stress related to this job sometimes. Like you mentioned some of the things that can stress you out about your own thing and needing certainty and this and that. But then all of a sudden you take a break from it for a few weeks and you come back to some aspect of it and you're like, wait a second, like I really want to come back to this and this is really fun. And um, 
that's so cool because like I don't know about like I've never had a job like that in my life you know like I I've never like really wanted to get back to something like that and um that's uh it's just such a cool wonderful gift and it's so great to also have the thing that you do for a living uh help teach you those sort of like philosophical and spiritual lessons that you were just talking about like um I think that letting go is like probably the biggest lesson that any of us have to learn in our entire lives, you know, like to just be present and to like let go of outcome, you know, and uh, that is so unbelievably difficult. So to have something in your life that is this reminder of that and this like constant teacher for you uh, is is a very good thing. Yeah. I mean, I think like that, like it's like the intangible war, uh, rewards of making a podcast are massive. It's like all these little things. And I, I think the audience can tell, like when I've been listening to your podcast, like I've been listening to a lot of episodes cause I was trying to make this episode <laughs> and I was always struck by like the auth- authenticity of your like, uh, interest. And it was kind of something that carried me through the episode I made was like kind of seeing like, uh, I'm trying not to spoil it, but a lot of the characters, they were like, well, where's Blake? We're, we're worried about Blake. Like, <laughs> they're like, cause we, he's like, they were reflecting on being interviewed by you. So I, I don't know. I think like, it's the same thing for my show when I was struggling and trying to control the outcome. I think the show suffered like in the audience, like, even if it was on a subtle level, like it's like, and maybe now I'm in this better place of like letting go in being open and curious, like the show will be better. And I think that's like a cyclical thing. And maybe it's like this intangible learning experience. Like it's like, man, like, and yeah, it's like, I always think about that. Like this could be my job. Like that's so weird. And cool. like, I'm like, man, like, and it's like the, the lessons it's trying to teach you are like only to make the podcast better or, or to make you more capable of like, of of like doing a good job. Yeah, absolutely, man. But yeah, like I think like for me, one of the powerful things was having other quit points. Even though my goal was two years, every like certain number of episodes, I would stop and I'd say, okay, at episode 25, I'm going to decide if I'm going to keep making the show. And, and, and so that I wouldn't short circuit before then. So at episode 23, I'm like, oh no, this isn't working. What am I going to do? It's like, okay, we'll talk about it at episode 25 and you can have your full disaster report for me about how everything's going. (laughs) Did you ever get really close to actually quitting? No. Like whenever I would get to that quit point, it worked. Like I'd be like, at episode 25, I'd be like, okay, should we quit? And it, and even the most critical part of me, they'd be like, well, that, I guess that's the thing about the internal critic. When you ask for actual data, it's like, okay, so what data do you have? We should quit. Well, we don't have that many. Li- well, we have more listeners. We have 10 more listeners than we had last month. Okay. And we're still doing it. And okay. So it's like, should we quit? No. Okay. Let's do it. Go to 50. And then, yeah, like every time it got on the spot, it was like, everything said, just keep going, keep trying. And uh, I mean, that's my secret. I mean, it's no secret. It's like rigor, just keep going. And, uh, and I mean, I think like it doesn't mean everything's going to work out uh, and it and being where I am hasn't given me like this total clarity uh, where I'm like kicking back, smoking cigars. And I'm like, yeah, <laughs> this is how you do it. But 
uh, I can tell you I'm not the same person as when I started the podcast. Uh, and it's not a dramatic change. It's like, but when I see old friends, they're like, Hey man, like you just seem like you're in a better place or, or, or you're a little bit like more, uh, you're a better listener or, or I've been able to be like a better friend or, or a better sibling. And it's strange that it's like making a bedtime story podcast has like taught me that. But I mean, I think there's something about confronting all the challenges of making a podcast and especially with podcasts that come out more than once a week. Like, I mean, you know, like it's like you're on this train and the train is moving and you, you know, you got to be laying down the track yeah. <laughs> for the train to keep going. Like, yeah, totally. It's like, even if I don't end up like if, if this podcast just stays like a, a hobby or a part-time job or it becomes what I do, uh, it's changed the, like, like, uh, it's changed how I see how the path I'm going to walk. It's like, huh? Like, uh, and, and, and even this like latest vacation, it's like, well, who am I to judge this podcast? Like if it's helping people, um, I, 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 I guess like. I have this like newfound gratitude where I'm like, wow, how lucky am I to make a podcast and, and, and then it, and it helps people out. Like, like, like it, it really sometimes does feel like something I'm honored to do. Like, uh, I mean, other times it feels like a lot of work and, and, and I get all worried about it, but I guess it's like trying to find like the middle ground and all that sometimes. Totally, man. So tell us a little bit about what the last year has been like for you. Like we talked about the exponential curve that your podcast has been on and from you and I, talking um offline just like as friends before like i know a little bit about like the growth curve of your podcast and like if anybody is to search for your podcast right now it's like you know you've been written up in forbes you've been written up in new york times you've been written up in the new yorker like these like huge huge things are writing about you um and almost all of that has been within the last 12 months um, so talk a little bit about like the growth of the podcast in the last 12 months and like what it's like to basically be a podcast celebrity all of the sudden in the last 12 months. I don't know. So everything that's happened in the past year has like, I guess like, I guess part of me just doesn't want to believe it. Uh, that That's what makes it hard to kind of talk about. Like, it's like, <laughs> okay, like, but, but it's just a result of the most boring principles of like, just keep going and just keep doing the show and, and, and then take feedback and be like, huh? Um, I mean, I guess that's like another place is like trying not to get in an echo chamber, like keep doing what's working, but, but don't get so much in a groove that, uh, that you get lost or, or don't get so caught up in like people saying, Oh, this, this is so great. Like, I guess again, go back to that pendulum thing. Like I, I don't want to be hypercritical on my show, but I don't ever want to be too, um, like caught up in like, Oh, everything's going great. Like l luckily I'm not an optimist. So I'm like, Oh, you know, <laughs> this could always be better. Yeah. But I mean, there's like the Duffer brothers that made uh, stranger things on Netflix. Oh it's my like, God. It's so good. It's so good. They were rejected by 20 networks. Uh, that show was rejected by 20 networks. And like they put out this thing that's like delightful out in the world and, and fun to watch. And they just kept getting rejected and rejected. And every network was like, we'll make this if you either make it a kid's show about the boys or a show like the X-Files about the sheriff. And they're like, no, no, it's not about that. It's like, it's like, it's, this is the story yeah, altogether. It's better than all of that. Yeah. 
and they just kept hearing no, 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 no. And now, like, I mean, there's going to be a thousand copycats on those same networks probably over the next like five years. Yeah. Uh, but they, I'm sure, like, I guess, like, when I, even when I think about it, even though I've been through making the podcast, I imagine these Duffer brothers out there and like they're brilliant and, and they just like put this together and it came out unbelievably awesome. But I'm sure they had tough times and, and like their moments of doubt. Oh, it's and, crazy to think about now because I mean, that just came out like two weeks ago so picture what what the what life was like for the duffer brothers three weeks ago like it's like this you don't have to go very far back in time to uh to think about the the changes you know and i guess to your point thank god maybe why the articles being written about you and your like pseudo celebrityness is, is not that strange for you is because it's you've had your podcast for like three and a half years now or whatever it is so it's like this uh each thing is like one foot in front of the other yeah it's like just keep at it and uh i don't know and it's like i guess how lucky are we i mean especially as podcasters to be able to make something and distribute it to the world i mean i know for me like when i was in my bedroom as a kid i was like recording stuff on a cassette tape like fake commercials and, and like fake radio shows and stuff and to now know, like, I could take that kind of same spirit and, and kind of, like, record it into a thing and then edit it. And then I upload it somewhere. And people in the, like, United Arab Emirates can download it. And people in Brazil can download it. And even if it's just one or two people, like, it's like, I, I, I don't know. I'm like, man, sometimes really technology is pretty sweet, you know? Yeah, totally, man. Totally. Dude, so uh, let's bring this thing full circle. Do you still have problems falling asleep at night, or are you good to go now? I do, I still do. Like now, I have like a bedtime routine. Like if I can, uh, like for me, that's like what it takes to like give me like a good percentage. So like I'll uh, like an hour before I want to be asleep, I might drink some tea. Then I'll like do some quiet sitting or meditating or reflecting. And then I just usually do like a little reading, like something nonfiction or whatever, and maybe some journaling or writing or thinking about what the day was like. And then um, I listen to classical, I listen to like the local classical music station right now, KDFC, but, um, and then I read like, and, and since I have dyslexia, I think that helps me like wind down. But I think like ramping down for me, gives me like a higher percentage of like my brain not being like, what the heck is going on? Like, what are you doing? Like, yeah. like the efficiency, I, I like try to no efficiency at bedtime. That's my, because it's like, <laughs> if you were only more efficient, like, uh, you, you wouldn't have this issue. Like, yeah. So all efficiency discussions, uh, have to happen an hour before bed. And I imagine you cannot listen to your own podcast because like I, one of the things of your podcast is that your stories have to be like, just boring enough that nobody can really latch on to any portion of them and be like wait 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 what's going on like you know it has to be uh, not that exciting i imagine if you're listening to your own voice and and your own stories more importantly there's going to be this part of you that's very like critical so there's there's like so much for you to latch on to so are you like unable to really listen to your own stuff to wind down yeah, like the only time I'll listen is like if I got like, and this is already breaking bedtime rules. If like I check my phone 
and someone's like, Hey, did you just say this? Or were you talking about this? And then I'm like, uh, you know, cause the episodes start to kind of blur together when you're putting them out three times a week. So then I'm like, okay, I got to re-listen to that to see, or, so that's usually the only time I listen, but yeah, I'm usually like not hypercritical, but I'll be like, oh, I kind of missed a joke or I was too jokey or man, like, uh, like, I, I don't know. I'll be listening for, for stuff I'm not satisfied with. Yeah. Or like I missed the opportunity to talk about that or, you know. Yeah. Totally, I'm man. Sure, I'm sure if you listen to your own show, you're like, oh, I should have asked a question, you know. Yeah, it's hard. It's <laughs> Yeah, it's definitely hard. Um, all right, man. So uh, let's finish this thing up. Let's try to, rather than give advice for people on how to start a podcast, because um, that's already kind of been covered on the show before, and we've given so much advice throughout this entire thing. Why don't you try to give advice for people that are struggling with something um, really difficult, like insomnia, like you had these problems growing up not only with insomnia but like other things like you covered um and have become the well-adjusted successful person that you are today so uh what advice do you give to to people that like write into you or that that have these real like serious issues that they're dealing with you know i think like like trying to have some compassion or empathy for yourself like uh and and sometimes that takes like having a little bit of separation, like like either imagining, like you're you're seeing yourself as like a kid, or you're like uh, you're giving someone else advice, but being like, hey, I'm legitimately going through a hard time right now, or you know, I'm legitimately upset about what what's happened with work or what happened with this person, or it, if it's more baffling, it's like, geez, I. I'm not feeling okay. Like, and, and then, I, I mean, I think it's, it's underrated, like seeking, like taking a step to get some extra help, like whether it's calling your, uh, general practitioner or your local, you know, your doctor or your insurance company. Um, and, and just seeing what your options are, like, like to take a step and be like, like that you're taking your own issues seriously to be like, man, like I'm worried about you. Like, this seems like you're going through a hard time. Um, like just acknowledging it, I think, uh, I don't know. That always loosens it for me. It's like, of course you're freaking out. Like whenever I'm freaking out about the podcast, like sometimes I've called people and then been like, you're freaking out. And I'm like, oh, you're right. Thanks. All right. Goodbye. Like that's all. I- <laughs> and then I'm like, oh, okay. Yeah. I'm just free. It's perfectly natural. You're freaking out. Like, uh, like being a human is not uh, easy business, you know, it's like, uh, especially nowadays, like we're confronted by so much stuff. It's like, uh, it can be, uh, it can cause sleeplessness or it can cause other stuff. And, and, uh, yeah, you got to give yourself some credit. Yeah, man. Good, good point. Um, dude, Drew, thank you so much for coming on the show. I'm obviously going to put links up to your show on the show notes for this. So the podcast is called sleep with me, but if you can't write that down or can't search for right now, just go to the half hour Enter website. There'll be a link right there. Um, and it's awesome. If you have trouble sleeping, even if you don't have trouble sleeping, it's just like a fun, goofy, cool thing to listen to. Um, anytime. If you're like prone to falling asleep, don't listen to it in the car probably or you might just like (laughs) crash or something so um but yeah definitely check it out uh thanks so much for coming on the show drew yeah thank you so much for having me on blake 
Hey everyone, it's Blake. I hope you all enjoyed the episode with Drew. Definitely download and subscribe to his podcast. At the very least, download the episode that he did about this podcast, which is so cool that he did that. Um, It is the Sleep With Me podcast, and uh, you should be able to find it wherever you found this podcast at. Thanks so much for listening to the show, guys.